You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another episode of After The Jack. I'm Tyler Ma and with me in the studio again, I have Brian Nisbet. Brian, how are you going? Good afternoon, Tyler. How are you? Good Myself, uh, Ash Williamson, also in the studio. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, Tyler. I'd just like to quickly, um, we're here on Remembrance Day and I just want to pay my respects to those who have served our great country, past and present, and especially those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. It's certainly um, something worth remembering on a day like this. Certainly is, Ash. And our special guest today is Lee Farrell, coach of Tatura Hilltop uh, Pennant. Uh, Lee, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks very much and it's good to be back in the valley. Now, Brian, uh, we've been very excited after round one at the weekend. What can you tell me about uh, what we've got on, on for today? Well, I think we should touch on the highlights of round one. I know it's old news, but there are a couple of surprises in Division One. The major one was Lee's team, uh, where he's a new coach of the Combine, playing their first game in the Goulburn Valley. That is the Tura Hilltop Division One. They... Um, they whitewashed the highly fancied Tally Garupna, my pick for the pennant title. So a little bit of a setback for the boys at Tally. And um, I heard from the mayor of um, the Tura and Hilltop rang me up. Murray probably does. He probably knows what I'm talking about is um, John Gunner Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I have to, um, he, he wanted an apology, but I'll say I was wrong about, I, I'll admit what I'm wrong, but obviously I... Got that one very wrong, and they're going to be a no doubt a force to be reckoned with in the competition. So there you are, JR. That's the best you're going to get out of me. I'm not JR, Gunner Ryan, and and in the other match, Stan Hope, who's proved to be Eshep's nemesis over the last two or three years, won at home and put a dint in their aspirations because they got Shep Golf at home again. They could be zipping two after two rounds. And there no other surprise, the Shep Golf annihilated Yaroa team, which is going to really struggle. I think the only way I stay in the in Division 1 is if I think Shep Golf might save them because they look like they're deciding in Division 2. Uh, should take out the title. And in the other match, we had uh, East Shep. I was right in my prediction that they're going to be very difficult to beat at home. Park, you mean? Park? I Shep mean Park. Shep Park. Yeah. <laughs> On their new carpet, they're going to be very difficult to beat. They just got home against uh, Kai Abram, but when you think that Paul Warren had probably his worst game for a couple of years and the coach got beaten, mm. I think it was a pretty meritorious effort. Yeah, well, a couple of points to touch on. Obviously, I spoke to last week's guest that we had in here, Mitch Sidebottom, after Saturday's game, and um, he was very uh, paid a lot of respect to to Lee's guys and the way that they performed. Um, he said that the tally bubble well and truly burst, and um, it's it's a bit of a D day for Tally this week playing Shep Park at home, uh, which we'll touch on in a bit, obviously. But um, getting back to Shep. Shep Park, they, were, they fell over the line against Kai. Um, they had Paul Warren's rink go down by 19 shots against Greek Schilling, which wasn't ideal. And they were actually uh, a couple of shots down with, with three ends to play. And Dennis Smythe picked up a four against Dane Gade, which put their nose in front and they were able to hold on from there. Paul Nichols, last year's skip of the year, uh, had an 11-shot lead 
um, against Glenn Fields and lost the last eight ends, 12-0, to lose by one, which he would have been uh, quite disappointed with. And um, he had a good chat to the, the team after the game. I think he was... Um, yeah, but they fell over the line, uh, which you always take those sorts of results, but um, certainly wasn't totally impressed with um, the, st- the overall standard of the performance. So hopefully they can lift again this week against Tally, which they will have to. Obviously, Tally coming off um, yeah, a, a, bit, a bit of a letdown as well. Yeah, they certainly uh, they got the so like a little boy at the Barrow this week try, going out to Tally Garupner on the grass green. I still, as I said, I, I predicted that Shep Park would only lose one game at home on the carpet. I'll stand by that. And who's that going to be against? I don't know. Could be golf. Could be Hilltop. Yeah, yep. Well, um, I think they can account for the other teams. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I think that's probably a, a tactic they've employed in recent seasons to try and really make the most of that home home ground or home carpet advantage. Um, yeah, as you said, playing tally this week on grass will be a different. Thing. That's probably been their Achilles' heel in recent seasons when they're playing on quicker green grass greens is where you can sort of catch them out a little bit. Yeah, tally. I played there last week. The green was good. There's uh, full credit to. Cole Austin out there, and well done to Cole. He's become a life member at Tally, which is a great effort. Gave them a lot of years of service. Had a couple of years at East Shep, and um, it's great to have those guys who voluntarily give up their time to do the greens at their local bowls club. Yeah, clubs certainly can't function without him, and um, he's one of many great greens keepers we have in the region. And I might just touch on the midweek. We better give them a bit of a spiel. Lee's playing midweek. <laughs> Um, for Tatura Hilltop. Um, yesterday's round in the, the highlights in Division 1, Marutna Golf completed successive whitewashes of opponents when they downed Tad Hilltop by 16 shots mm-hmm. after Hilltop had beaten uh, Shep Park 10 the week before the highly fancy Shep Park 10. Yep. Kai bounced back from a big first round defeat to upstate Seymour by three shots at home. Shep Park 10 also bounced back on their new carpet, Fortress. I'll emphasise Fortress, we've just touched on it. They thrashed last season's Premiership Golf by 51 shots and Sister Club Park Gold defeated Rushworth by 23 shots. Yeah, a couple of huge results there, Lee, and you could probably speak best of this. It um, probably indicates the even nature of the competition. The first couple of rounds, there's been some sides that have had one win, one loss, and Marupna Golf, probably a bit of a surprise packet with two two straight wins. It's probably going to be a bit of a case of sides beating each other throughout the year. It's going to be quite tight, I think, on the ladder. Yeah, very tight. Um, Marupna Golf, um, we, we sort of held them for the uh, up till the last about 20 ends and, and we're in front uh, but they did they did come home very very well and uh, yeah I was very very impressed uh, with their skippers and uh, their, their players in there their ability just to keep going and and get the shots into their heads and uh, yeah they in the end out bowled us and uh, we, were, we were very disappointed in the results and uh, I see them and, and Shep uh, Shep Park is always going to be good around the place, and yeah, we we managed to get on top of those last week, but this week we we got totally outbowled by the you know, the Maripa Golf people, and they were very very good, very impressed. Yep, it's yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I think it's I think it's great for the competition to see the results we've had in the first couple of rounds. Obviously, Shep Shep Golf were the premiers last year, and it just goes to show that things can change quickly with a few little adjustments in a, in a side. Yeah, it certainly can. Well, of course, the men can. The men, some of the men have come in, have strengthened the sides mm-hmm. as thirds. I'm surprised there's not more men skipping because they can, but 
it's good that they're letting the the women continue in that role. Don't you believe that? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's um you know a few clubs um you know are still believing that while we've got um you know uh, female members who are been skipping for a long time and they're still more than capable of doing it then they, they it's great to see them getting those opportunities and you know certainly yesterday with Shep Park they still had um or they had two um female skips and one male and um Shep Golf had the same as well so it just goes to show that um the, the bowls quality can still be just as good regardless of which gender skipping in the competition I'd say comfortably the uh the top skip in midweek div one will be a female bowler as well Rushworth might struggle, but uh, Jean Sprague is, uh, has started the season on fire and I think she'll continue. I think I've already written twice in the report that uh, Jean Sprague uh, was able to snare two points for her side and I think she will most, uh, most weeks this season. Yeah, well, cert- certainly playing um, at Rushworth too, another one, her green like she knows like the back of her hand, so um, she'll be pretty tough to beat over there most of the year, I reckon, Brian. Yeah, I think so. It's a, um, yeah, they're probably, they're probably short of another... Couple of bowlers at Rushworth, and they'd be they'd nearly win every game at home if they they probably short of a skipper. Yeah, I mean Barb Garvey's had some big wins, but she's had some big losses. But you you just can't blame the skipper. You've got to have the the leaders and seconds. Yeah, um, they've got some good leaders. Ed Mavis uh, Marshall Marshall's a yeah. very good leader. Yeah, it's a, I think it's just uh, as you said. A de- I think she's a leading for Jean, so it makes a big difference. Yeah, when you've sort of got that depth across all three rinks from lead to skip, it certainly makes a big difference, and um, that's obviously something you'll probably touch on with Lee now, um, talking about the merger between Hilltop and Tatum, what's that that's done for their overall depth as a club midweek and Saturday pennant. Certainly. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, welcome to the program, Lee. It's good to see you back in the GV. You've taken on the coaching role at the new combine at Cherry Hilltop, and you would be... More than thrilled with the excellent start to the season. Thrashing flag contender and fellow new club two to top echelon in Tally Garupna, winning on all rinks. Yeah, very, Brian, very, very happy. Uh, when you come into the Valley again, it was two years since I've been here and uh, I did play for uh, Hilltop in those days. And, uh, yeah, we were a bit like the Richmond side. We'd all, all, always finished fifth and could never <laughs> seem to get make it there. And I remember uh, going down to uh, play you guys down at... Um, um, were you playing for um, East? Was it on the Gamby down Gamby, there? Yeah. And uh, they were on the bottom fifth, of the list. Fifth, fifth, we and heard. we actually uh, lost that game, which cost us a place to play off in the finals. So um, yeah, the, the actually um, joining together the two clubs has been very, very exciting. And, and I originally wasn't coming here when when you guys had uh, seven hundred a day coronavirus around the place. I said to Rod Pickett, "Look, I don't think I better come, mate. She looks a bit dangerous down there." But you got down there, and, and I was a bit disappointed because I excited to the two clubs, and uh, and I always um, liked at Battlers Club. And, uh, uh, you know, they hadn't won a premiership um, hilltop for 31 years. And to take the challenge, and I've heard a lot about uh, the two Boyd boys, and, and they've really impressed me at training. They certainly do the hard work behind the scenes and on the green as well. And you pick up Denzel as well, Cartwright. And, uh, yeah, these sort of guys, and, and you know, young Josh and Olivia, um, and then you, you've also got um, Atwood and Carter in there. Like all of a sudden, you start to build that strength, you know, back end and front end. And we just picked up a, a young guy that I, I saw down there, young Ashley McDonald, um, who I think he finished fourth in the um, 
in the novice novice, singles, yeah. yep, novice singles, and I just watched him play twice, and I said that this, this kid's got to be in in that side, and and he proved that that he was actually on on ticks, which we have over there, our best bowler in Div One and on debut. So, yeah, very very good, and and happy to be there. Like winning one game is not a premiership. We've got a long way to go, and the boys realise that. But the, the club is certainly up and about. Um, we've got a young guy that um, young sewage young bloke heard all about this. Um, walked up to me. Um, at training yesterday and said, can I get a game? And he won the club championships at TAT two years ago. Yes. So he's another one that will come into notion. And really, uh, if you look at our top side and then start looking at our second side, you see that depth, you know, blokes like Ray Selwood is in there, Bart Newman's down there, Rod Medill's down there, um, Tim Niles down there, and this young Lassure is going to be around the place. And the young Lock boys, um, yeah, you know, and, and this, this week we've got... Uh, Russell Locke coming into the side and someone's got to go out and it's it's very very tough for competition and which makes for a great a great teammanship and and look they're hopping and jumping there mate they're really excited about the whole season and my mate Peter Lasser is the one who had to be put out after to put Russell Locke in Russell Locke's a, he's one of the mm. best bowls in the Goulburn Valley there's no doubt yeah he, in, in and particularly he's probably a better singles player but mm. independent. You can. You, he's one of the best leaders that's played in the comp, but he can play anywhere, second, third. He played third to Rob Seney in some successful teams. Yeah. And the funny thing about it was they argued, they argued more than any other third and skipper I've ever heard. <laughs> well, they went on, but they still got results. So yeah, they, I'll, they I'll, had a love hate relationship. Yeah, I was. I was just interested to ask Lee with obviously Russell Locke and Jared Tinning and their work with the police force. Um, What's their availability going to be like throughout the season and how will that sort of um, affect the overall mix? Um, well, we've, we've actually had them put them into the real back end. We're playing in front end yeah. uh, for that reason because we want to keep a stable back end. Yeah. Um, Russell and, and Jared, they're available for the next um, three weeks for us. Yeah. So they'll be on board. After that, we, we then will rotate um, two to three or four players into those positions. Yeah. Uh, and when they come back, then we'll rotate those players back out unless they play outstanding and, and then, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll look at the side after that. So, yeah, we've worked our plan for those guys to come in uh, because of their work commitments and, yeah, it's certainly great to have those guys sitting in the wings as well. Yeah, and I was just um, just intrigued. Obviously, you, you were at the um, Hilltop Club a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, that club on its own made a really big impression on you. So what was the um, the lure or um, what sort of convinced you to think, okay, I'm, I, I really want to come back and um, achieve something? What did the club do that first time you were there that really made a good impression on you to come back um, a couple of years later? Well, they wanted to... They wanted it to be better, mm. and and I work with uh, Dmac or Dennis McHenry, I think his McCarry, name is yeah, 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 McCarry. Yeah. So I work with him, and uh, and I could see that the benefits there. They they weren't probably you know no no defence to Dmac, but they weren't trying to get the right training drills and uh, yeah, just the leadership in there to, to bring them on. And I felt you know I said they like Richmond, they finished fifth every time, had many many chances to to make the four and I think if we got in there we could have made there but the friendship and everything else I, I made in that club and I'm a country boy I played all, all country bowls in, in country western Australia and Darwin's a big country town anyway so I just love coming back and the underdogs and, and to come back and if I could bring the, the underdogs up to uh, into the four and then see what happens after that I'll be very very happy but the clubs both clubs have welcomed myself and my wife you know back in the in the foe and it's been great yeah yeah Brian yeah, I was also intrigued to use your word again, Ashley, that 
um, with, that you implemented a game plan and it obviously come off. We won't ask you what it was, obviously, but it was very successful on Saturday, Lee. So you'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, very, very happy. But I, I, met, I listened to you guys um, last week and you said the team will take two or three weeks to gel. And I went, well, that's not the case because these guys aren't playing for Tatura. They're not playing for Hilltop. They're playing for the town of Tatura. And that makes a big difference because mm. they want to win a premiership for, for the town of Tatura and, and that's what it's all about. So we go out there as Tatura, the town of Tatura, the Bulldogs, yep. and uh, yeah, we, we are hard on our sleeve and, and we go out there determined that Tatura is going to, uh, the town of Tatura is going to win this pennant. So yeah. Yep. And and I'm also um, impressed to see as well that obviously um, you mentioned some of those younger players coming through, Josh and Olivia Cartwright, um, Russell Locke's children as well will be possibly in some of the lower grades. Ashley McDonnell, who's um, John Atwood's grandson, who's obviously yep. a, f- a fairly handy mentor and coach to have. How important do you think it is that you've got those younger ones coming through? Because you mentioned the likes of you know Bart Newman and Salwood and that in the twos who have got the experience, obviously, and you know probably on their day might be better bowlers than Olivia or Josh, but how important is it that you have that mix of young and old coming through at the same time to sort of um, create that vibe and that con- um, continuity and really successful group going forward? Yeah, well, they always say that the uh, the Australian bowl side is uh, younger than the Australian cricket side. <laughs> so, uh, you know, have have um, those young fellas, those young ones coming through, it just gives that bit of a balance mm. into the side and they get the enthusiasm there too. Young Josh Cutright, I was talking to him after the game and he's, you know, he can't wait till next Saturday <laughs> to get back on the rink. So he's really, he's just a noise and the, the older blokes... You know, keep these guys up. They just keep patting them on the back, giving the high, not the high fives, the high what we're supposed to do these days. But yeah. they keep charging those young ones up, and they keep delivering. There's no two ways about that. And you know, I think it's a good mix. You know, uh, Johnny Atwood out there, and these sort of guys. You know, even Jared Tinning, and, and uh, you know, Denzel was a very good, good back end player. And, and I said the Boyd boys are, are all noisy, and but they are. Tremendous team players, mm. and I think the mix is very, very good. And and that's not saying about Ray Selwood and and um, Bart and those guys. They'll be in the look. Don't worry that they'll be pushing all the way. Yeah. Um, and Bart's already been to me. He said, and Russ and uh, Ray Selwood. He said, I'll have your spot by the end of the year. And I said, Well, if you do, I hope you do because we'll be going. Yeah, it's it's healthy competition for spots, which create breed success, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that's right. And the guy, the young bloke, I think it's Josh Lasseur who yes. won, yeah. And he's got a young, another brother, Ben, ben yep. who showed a lot of promise too. So, all the best to young Josh, and I hope, and hopefully, um, I got no doubt Peter Lasseur will get back in your top side. But um, he'll be throwing his heart out this week. No, very competitive player. He did miss last season though, so that probably puts him on the eight ball a little bit. Yeah, when you don't haven't played competition for twelve months. It's like any sport. Now, well, is will Jock Hicks be returning to the club? Lee? Yeah, no, my, my mate Jock Hicks, who uh, um, is up in Darwin and uh, he plays in the Nightcliff Club, the same club as I play up in there. Uh, he'll be back after Christmas. He'll be camped right beside me at the Hilltop. So uh, he'll be another addition that's going to try to force his way into the top side as well. So, uh, yeah, things are looking good out at the... Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I rate Jock Hicks pretty highly. He's always... Been in my top 20 players and probably in Dave's too. A very good bowler. 
Yeah, well, it's just another one that you can potentially add to the second, third, or even skip mix at a, at a pinch. And, you know, you look at sort of um, a lot of clubs, um, they might have two or three good skips, but to have four, five, six, seven, even eight options that you can play at that back end, it really does create a lot of depth and um, just, just good... Um, you know, um, second and third options if things sort of, you know, maybe start to fall away a little bit. And you've got Greenkeeper Extraordinaire, as I call him. <laughs> he likes a bit of uh, praise, Murray Stark, but he, he is a top Greenkeeper. Always available for a chat and um, on the greens and on anything on relating to bowls. Now, he remains in the wings as well, Lee, and he's a very fine skipper as well. There's another player that... I reckon he'll get the he'll get the urge again. Yeah, I've been talking to Murray because I, I live on the um, the bowling golf course there on the car park and the sorry caravan park, and yeah, he um, I'm trying to convince him that he needs to come back, and he keeps telling me his shoulders too sore. And I mm. said, uh, as a leader, mate, you don't have to throw him very hard as well. <laughs> if you make the greens fast enough, you don't have to throw him very far. But yeah, he's another very very, and I rated him like into the top ten players uh, when I was here. In two years ago, and he hasn't lost, but he, he still complains about his shoulder. And uh, but he, he's working on the greens, and, and the, I watched them play the over sixties um, today, and uh, the greens are running beautifully there. It um, must be all that driving he's done through the head or through the years. He must have thrown his shoulder out as he lee, or what's? I think he might have done too. He didn't seem to hit too many. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was the problem. But I'll just throw in a little joke. There was we won't name the person who said this, but there was a skipper at Chet Parker. Pretty renowned skipper, a good skipper, and um, he hurt his shoulder last season. One of his teammates was said, "Well, you can't drive now, or you can never draw, so you most of all, you most of all play." I thought that just made me think of that. Then, not frightened to um, speak his mind. We uh, we've spoken about the the new Lee uh, in terms of the old. How important do you think? With the new merger of, of the pennant sides of, of Tatton Hilltop, how, do, how important do you think it was that, that both clubs are still able to keep their identity separately, uh, you know, their own clubhouses and, you know, play play state events uh, as Hilltop or Tatura, uh, you know, to merge just for pennant um, is obviously pretty unique. Uh, do you think that was quite important to get it over the line? Yeah, um, I think, you yeah, know, Rod Piggott and, and John Crilly did an excellent job, the two presidents, in, in getting that on the line. And it does keep that unique um, record of a club, a Chitura, because once you combine them, you tend to lose that history and, and those players that have played many, many years and, and have won premierships and presidents and everything else, you lose that. So to keep the clubs you know, separate but bring it in, I think, was a, was a great initiative by those two leaders over there. And, and I think it's, it's all the best for um, uh, Bowles in, in the GV. We'll come in as a, a very strong competitor side. And, you know, we're looking at Shep Golf as, as as number one, and and I'm I'm looking at how they win their premierships, and, and I'm sort of doing some study on how they do it and what they do it. But having the two clubs uh, separate, I think, is great. You go in there and you look at the boards, and those boards are going to stay there. They still play for their singles championships, and that's very very important to those clubs to to remain their own identity. And uh, I think it was a great initiative. And uh, and, you know, I rang them when I first got appointed as coach. I rang up the Boyd boys to try and get them to come and play for Hilltop. But now I didn't have to worry about it. They all immediately yeah. came across. So yeah. it was great. Yep. It's vital, Lee, to win these early games. And I think you will be two and zip after you play bottom side, your rower, over there. Um, usually pretty good greens, uh, Kenny Sutcliffe. Um, but to, to win the early games, because I think in other years, Hilltop have started bad. 
They've been zipping four and then they made a bit of a run, haven't they, actually? But yeah. then I'll drop a game that they should win and they finish fifth. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly vital to get those wins before Christmas, obviously with the 14-game season. And um, things have started well this year and obviously that'll give you a lot of confidence you know, going into this first month of the, the, the season. But um, as you said, Brian, sort of... Uh, you get behind the eight ball early and then you lose a game that you should win and then you mo- you just sort of struggle to get that momentum and that's obviously something probably, Lee, you've, you've harked on with the group sort of starting this year off. Yes, yeah, certainly. It's the, very important every game to win, but don't drop the, the bottom, the lower sides. Now, and I'm saying I've never played against the side, so I can't, can't judge them with the ability of money listening to the players telling me how good they are. But any side on the day can beat any side anywhere. So yep. we're taking them as we did... With Tat, you know, we're, we're there. I mean, Tully, um, we're taking them on their face value and we'll be flat out to have a, make sure that we don't drop these games that we should win. But who knows, you know, we, we come out all guns blazing on the weekend and uh, it worked for us and, and uh, we've, you know, we've got a training run on Friday night and we're having a sausage sizzle after that on Friday night. So I'm going to keep the boys up as much as I can. So yeah. hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, played in perfectly. How do you rate... Perth standard with the Golden Valley. I think I was on radio probably two years ago and said if I could select the um, the twelve best players out of yeah. the Golden Valley, they would beat uh, the WA State side. They would beat ACT. They certainly beat NT, and I reckon they would beat South Australia um, and Tasmania. And, and I believe that I've I've played uh, Premier League in Perth um, against their, their state bowlers there, but when you get the guys up here like Robbo and uh, Schilling and uh, Mark Ryan, Mark Ryan, all these sort of guys, yeah, they're as good or better than any of those skippers down there. And mm. yeah, you know, oh, I reckon that if you've got the shots the right side here, I tend to worry the Vic state side too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and well, uh, that's a high recommend. I remember you saying yeah, that now. Huge it's a, on my radio show. Yeah. but it's a high recommendation, isn't it? For the it, Golden Valley. Oh, but it's, well, it's massive from someone who's obviously right. been in both environments. So pretty well placed to judge and and obviously sure. the caliber of skip um, bowlers and skippers that we have here um you, you know uh no, no doubt they'd be able to push themselves and and some of them have you know brad all's been brad in Orr, the yes. state side mark ryan's represented his state so's matt robertson so the you know they've got the resume don't they brett foley brett foley as well he's still down in melbourne doing good things yeah, coached um altona altona to a premiership in his first year as coach so I mean, it's, it's, it's a good little honey hole for bowlers, the Golden Valley, no doubt. For sure. Now, if you're playing either East or Shep Park on their home carpet, will you and the boys come over and have a practice sleep? <laughs> what do you think, mate? Uh, yeah, no, we'll, I do. <laughs> Some clubs don't worry about it, but I'm just asking no, you. I, no, I would assume you would. No, I'll bring the boys home. Check with the uh, East Shep, and we'll, we'll bring the boys over for a run there because I said I had a role there on Monday, and it was like myself playing at Darwin. It wasn't quite as wide as it was in the undercover in Darwin. Really enjoyed like it's like being home again, playing up there. Yeah. But a little bit, a little bit uh, slow. But I'll certainly have the uh, our top uh, side, whoever plays there, to come and have a role over there as well. And, and I'll come with them just to see you know, how they're going and what they're doing. But yeah, it's a great facility over there. Congratulations to East Ship Club. I was only there when. Uh, back here, I think I was in, back here in February last year and was still under construction, but I was very, very impressed with it when I walked in there on Monday. Great effort for the club. Yeah, it is. It's a fantastic complex. And to have to have two facilities like that, it's hard to see the Victorian Open being moved away 
for a long time, in my opinion. There's what? plenty trying to get it, but yeah. uh, we will uh, certainly hold on to it uh, with uh, every inch that we can. And I, I agree with you, Brian. You know, two Premier undercover facilities. Um, you know, Park, obviously... Recently uh, laying the new carpet and east with a, like you said there, Lee, a, a really impressive and a mammoth facility, really. Mm. It sort of, you know, it sticks there on the uh, on the horizon and, and you can't miss it. But, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, the Victorian Open's part of uh, the Golden Valley's fabric and, and I think it goes vice versa as well that, that the Golden Valley is part of the, the Vic Open's fabric. Well, it certainly sells itself, the, the East Shepparton facility, and obviously, as you've seen today, the Golden Valley weather can be unpredictable at the best of times, so if things do happen, and we have had a couple of years where rain has wreaked havoc, we've now got two great options there to move a lot of games indoors and still ensure that the event can go on, you know, as it does. And maybe not, uh, you know, with games going on past midnight, well, uh, now that we've got two <laughs> facilities inside. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> Liam, my final question is... It's a pretty difficult one, but how do you stop Shep Golf from winning six Division One pennants in a row? Great question. Great, great question. It's like how do you stop Richmond from winning another grand final? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, look, I, you've got to have the confidence in the fellas, um, and that comes from attitude and commitment. And I believe once we get the, the confidence there, um, yeah, anything can happen. And uh, I think as we ride along this year, uh, as the confidence builds and, and we hopefully keep winning games, uh, and when we come up against those boys, we're not going to be intimidated by the Shep Golf. Uh, the noise, they're there. We're going to be, we're, we're training our guys to be a little bit noisier, those guys, and get into their ears as well. And, and just make sure that uh, we, we stick to our game plan. And, and I said before that, talking earlier, that uh, I spoke a lot to Rexy Johnson and uh, Graham Archer and, and when I was playing state bowls. And they gave me a lot of tips of, of how, Vic, how Victorian New South Wales state sides and over 60 sides keep winning the, the Shields all the time. And so I'm going to take that in, that into those games and uh, as we move forward and, and they're starting to uh, adapt to that, that team plan and yeah, I just like to think that uh, at the end of the day we can uh, we can match them with them and it'll be a bit of luck I think we get the right weeks at the right time and, and that could be the end, the end result. Yeah, and I, and I just want to um, touch on again the mix that I think you've got with uh, sometimes a lot of those younger players, the reason they're in Australian sides and state sides, they play with no fear. And you look at someone like, you know, Josh Cartwright and Ash McDonald and Olivia Cartwright. I've heard David talk about his daughter, Olivia, a lot. Her temperament for a young player, she's virtually unflappable. The way she plays, she doesn't let... And that stuff that Lee talks about with Shep Golf's cheering and all, all the noise and stuff that they make, it, it, I don't think that that's something that would get to someone like Olivia she She'll just keep bowling and doing her role. And I think um, with some of those younger players that Lee's incorporated into the side, it's the perfect mix to have um, to just, you know, be calm, not unfazed by it, and just take the game on and play with no fear. And that's what you need to do against champion sides like Shep Golf. It's it's like playing Richmond, really. Yeah, but (laughs) just getting back to last week's, the first program, Tyler touched on Shep Park Lee actually led by 20 shots of about 20 to 23 ends to play which is a match-winning lead in a grand final. Mm. And to just finish up losing by nine, you could say they choked, but um, Tyler said he noticed that there was no talk amongst the Shep. The Shep Park were very quiet, and when they needed someone to give them a bit of a boost or Mm. to stir them up and, you know, lift... Lift when they started when golf started to come back. There was none of that, was there? It certainly makes a difference. Uh, I, I look at it as um, almost a, a football club approach that 
that golf has brought and, and that a lot of successful lawn bowls, you know, clubs bring a, across Victoria that, you know, you've, you've got to be up and about, it, you know, it's us against them, you you know, you've really got to believe in yourself and, and that it's that confidence to, to know that you're never out of the game. You know, they've obviously got the talent and, and the experience to back it up, but, you know, to, to have that confidence and, like you were saying, Lee, to, to build that confidence is obviously where the real work is uh, and then once you've got that confidence, you know, you can you can go out on the green and, and know that, you know, you can go out and win every game. Yeah, I, I agree with that and I, I tell my guys and my back and my skippers that, yeah, one of the things you do if, if the, starts, the game starts to bleed pretty badly, you stop the game. You bring your players in, you stop that, that thing, you have to sit back, have a talk to your players, you work out whether we should be going short, long, medium, or whatever the, the lengths are, where are they beating us, stop the game. Don't let it, the bleeding just continue on because that's that's how you lose the, the ship golf because they just keep storming away. But when they get into trouble, what do they do? Audie and those beings, he brings his, his troops mm. in, stops the games, had a talk to them, and then they go back again. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be imitating those guys a, a fair bit and, and see how they go. So it'll be interesting. All right, before we move into round two, Brian, we better thank our sponsor, the uh, Shepherd and Bowl Shop. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. And we're back, Brian. Uh, we'll look ahead to, to the round two fixtures. Yes, we will. Uh, I'll just go into round three first for the midweek. Give them another plug. Uh, preview. The winners, I'm only going to read out the winners. In Division 5, Avenal, Yaroa, Seymour and Katandra West. Division 4, Shepparton Park, Plum, Nagambi, Murchison and Tatura Hilltop. Division 3, Marupna, Stanhope, Shep Park and Yaroa. Division 2, Seymour East, Shep Golf and Avenal. And in Division 1, I've gone for Shep Golf, Seymour, Rushworth and Marupna Golf. Sorry. I really like how authoritative, authoritative you are with those uh, selections, Brian. It's, it's almost as if it's written in stone and uh, you're not going to be wrong. Well, I didn't look at... I haven't... I got 13 out of 20 the first round, which I didn't think was bad, 65% strike rate. Yep. But I haven't got the figures for round two, but I'll have them next week and, and round three. This will become a big talking point throughout the season, I think, Brian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and look, I didn't. I meant to mention that the the Golden Valley singles is down to eight plays, but mm-hmm. I left my sheet at home in my rush to get the banner. We might be able to get that up, I reckon. Yeah, certainly. Just, It'll just a couple uh, of moments. also be in tomorrow's paper. I have uh, put it across. And, and speaking of the paper, obviously. Uh, the Shep News. We we don't currently have a, a Saturday edition, which is where all of the uh, the bowls preview content has been in in the past, and certainly in my time here. So um, for everyone looking for it, uh, it's in Thursday's paper weekly now. So Monday, obviously the the reviews and um, all the the bowls results uh, will be in the paper, and and Thursday will be the other big bowls edition. I think in tomorrow we've got. Um, uh, all the bowls notes, bowls teens, which uh, I did note were more than last week, which was good, um, and a bit of Campaspe and Murray bowls content, uh, just basically everything you uh, you would want. Uh, it's in Thursday's uh, paper this season, and and now we do have the uh, the top eight here. Yep, it'll be played at East Shep on Sunday from nine thirty a.m. Um, the the quarterfinal clashes as they stand are Jeff McNaughton against. John Stokes, 
Rob George against Daniel Nichols, David Dawes against Josh Warren, and Paul Nichols against Matt Robertson. Who's your pick of the eight there, Brian and Lee? Well, I agree with Mark Smith from um, the Bowl Show in Bendigo, before the Bowls. Mm-hmm. He's put a bit on Facebook. He believes Matt Robertson will play Daniel Nichols in the final. I'll... I'll differ with him on the win. I'm going for Daniel Nichols to win it again, and he'll play Matt Robertson in the final. I reckon the winner will come out of the David Dawes-Josh Warren clash, and I think Dawes will play Robertson, and I think Dawes will win. Yeah, good point. What about you, Tyler? Stokesy for me. I think he'll uh, you know just quietly sneak through and uh, have a real crack towards the end. He's been in good form the last could season be, or so. He could be the smoky for mm-hmm. sure. Lee, yeah. you got a Yeah, a I've played uh, Daniel in the... Um, Vic Open in the singles there, and uh, yeah, really, he's a hard man to beat, Daniel, so uh, I'm, I'm putting my money on him. Yeah, good idea, Great mate. effort for um, Jeff McNaughton to get into the last yeah, 8 no, Shorty, league. yep. Yeah, Shorty's in our, in our Very good. lead. Yeah, he's good. a good competitor, isn't yep. he? Very yep. good competitor. As yep. I say, that you've got a lot of depth over at Hilltop when you look at it, and just mm. add those Satura guys and, and Denzel, and his, they did play last year, Olivia and Josh. Yep. Well, well Jeff, they, Jeff McNaughton was skipping a couple of years ago for he Hilltop was. in there once. He's, so. He skipped a lot of games over there. Yeah. All right, we'll go into Saturday's Division 1. And the first match is East Shepparton, who were defeated by Stanhope last week. Uh, Tyler Ma picked Stanhope. So this shows yep. he's got, a, he's got a, a good knowledge on bowls for a sports <laughs> editor when he's got to cover cricket, yep. tennis, yep. football, hockey. Jack of all trades, master of none. You something like that. Well now, done, the, uh, we all ended up with two tips in the end uh, yes. because I also tipped uh, Kai Abram um, and we all tipped Tally Garupna. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, all, all for nothing the first round. Uh, we'll we'll oh. go again. I, I think Lee had the um, the bowls tips pinned up on the uh, dressing room before he ran the boys out on the green. That's probably why they were so fired up. Right. <laughs> I actually mentioned that, that no one had tipped us. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you wouldn't... Well, when I rang Tyler, in the, I read the paper on um, – I read Monday's paper and he said, um, I'll be putting an interview over I had with Lee Farrell. I said, I just spoke to him before I read the paper <laughs> to get him on the show. <laughs> so he must be psychic or one of us is anyway. It's incredible. But um, it's great to see Lee in the studio. And I, I think uh, Shep Golf do struggle a bit on the carpet, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, yep. East Shep beat them under lights there last year and on the new carpet, uh, but I think I think that they've lost the two truants has, got, has made a bit of difference. I think that they they've got good skippers, but it's mm. made a bit of difference to the depth. And I think their leaders and seconds might be a bit. They got no when you look at their division two, they got no one putting pressure on like Hilltop. Yeah, so they can carry players, give them two or three games, and I think the difference will be Shep Golf's got. An edge in skill, more than an edge in skill, and and I think they'll win. I think East could win a couple of rinks. I'm going to go fourteen four by twenty shots. Yeah, I think um, you know Shep, Shep Golf will be pretty fired up for this one, given it is on East carpet, and they will feel they have a bit of a point to prove. Has that extra spice with the Truans playing their old club again as well, so that'll create a bit of an interesting dynamic. I do want to mention um, Jeff Beatty made a superb debut in the the Goulburn Valley competition. He was um, East's lone winning skip last week, um, so he's certainly made a good first impression, and he will feature in my um, top five um, way too early betting market for the skip of the year, Brian, that I'll yeah, give oh, before yeah. we go off the... 
off the airwaves. Um, I, I think I think Shep Golf will win this 16-2. I'm, I'm wary of Beattie. I think he could be the one that wins his rink again for East. Uh, we played East Shepparton's Division 2 last week, um, and we won three of the rinks. So, like you said, I, I, I'm not sure they do have the depth there coming up if there um, are a few unavailabilities. Donnie Dickinson... Um, I saw him last week. He's had some health issues, so he's hoping to be back in. Robin Squire was a late withdrawal as well. Um, so whether he'll be available this week um, will be another story as well. So I think golf pretty comfortable in this one, 16-2. I think Gary Lovell got back in the ones last week. He was the late call-up yeah. for Robin Squire. So well done, Gary. Yeah, yep, he would have enjoyed that, and um, no well doubt he would have given his best. I think uh, if this was you know th- three or four weeks down the track, I'd be more confident in in tipping a big golf win. But I do think early on in the season on on the carpet, um, it is a bit of a bit of a banana peel game. But I still think golf will just have a bit too much to to get over the line. And uh, I'd say fourteen four by ten shots, uh, Brian. Yes, Lee. Yeah, um, you know you can't go past the premiers. Uh, Shep Golf to me and all his boys, they're pretty well tuned in to to win those games and. You know, they can probably play in the car park sometimes and still mm. win those guys. But, yeah, and, and I haven't had a, a good look at the East Shep side, but uh, Shep Golf, to me, will, will, will get there. Probably, they might steal or lose a rink, but that's about all. Yeah. No fair comment. Yaroa hosts Tatura, and I believe Tatura, sorry, Tatura, Tatura Hilltop yeah. um, will have a very convincing win. I think they can win by minimum, I'll say, 40 shots. I don't want to be too hard on Yaroa. I believe St. Ken Sutcliffe could win a rink. Mm. I value, that's how highly I rate him as a bowler. Yep. Um, fantastic with the arm. And uh, now brother Jeff's got one. I'd, I'd love to see a game between the two of them. I reckon it'd be fantastic. Well, game of singles. Well, well, they used to have the um, bowling green at the farm, I think, didn't they? That's they where did. Je- Jeffrey used to Jack, practice yeah. a quite put, a lot. Jack put yeah. a rink in there. Oh, yeah, they spent hours and hours. Yeah. It's, it's um, come to fruition, hasn't it? I think, yeah, as I say, Hilltop 18's hip. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think um, sort of. I, I look at sort of maybe seven shots across the four rings. So what's that? But twenty-eight shots. I think um, obviously the confidence booster last week with Lee's boys will have them really in good stead. And um, as as Lee mentioned, um, you really want to be winning these games well and and continuing that momentum against these sides that you should beat. So um, yep, I think they'll go the clean sweep. Yeah, Bulldogs for me, I reckon uh, Kenny can snag a rink. Uh, not sure which one it would be if he uh, is trying to point out who he would match up against, but uh, I think he'll, uh, he'll really want to try and um, you know, do, do the business for the, for the Magpies. But uh, the Bulldogs for me by uh, 15 shots. Right. Tally Garupna host Shepparton Park. Just assuming that uh, Lee's tipping his, uh, his own side, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Well, it goes about saying. It? <laughs> Unless it's Dave Hardy or me. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, t- sorry uh, about that. Tally Garupna host Shep Park. The park has got home last week. I think it was due to playing at home and on that rink it's a little bit different than the old carpet, I must confess. And I'll, Tally has said their green was good last week. I think Tally... He'll be having a would have had a crisis meeting, if you can call it that, after the game or this week, and I believe they'll bounce back. I can see him. I can I can see them winning sixteen two by about twenty four shots. Yeah, well, um, speaking to Mitch Sidebottom after last week's win, he, he said the bubble did 
did tend to burst a little bit, and um, obviously this game is now crucial for them. If they fall to zero and two, um, you know it's, it puts you right behind the eight ball straight away, really. Um, and they'll and they'll be building themselves up for a really big one at home, so um, that gives them an added advantage. And I certainly think. Um, park on grass is a little bit more of an unknown quantity than when they're on their carpet. Mark Ryan returns to the side. I've noticed he has been picked. Um, so he'll he'll come in and skip. Joey Lear goes over to third for Brett Gunning, I believe. So Ryan will have Rod Still as his third. Um, so I think they'll have too much firepower at the top end, and I think they'll win 16-2. So um, Paul Warren will be hoping for a much better showing than, than last week with his rink. I certainly agree that uh, Tally Garupna will uh, have uh, you know the ability to bounce back and uh, and the fire needed to do so and and like you said, park on grass early in the season. Um, yeah, I, I think Tally will get it done sixteen two as well. Uh, I think they can get it done by twenty shots. Yeah, um, I just sort of uh, Tally uh, were a bit unlucky sometimes. They just miss those those shots. You know, Robbo and a couple of those guys miss those shots. Quite impressed with Hoggy in there. Yeah, he he was a thorn on our side when we were playing him. He was very very good there. But across that, I yeah, I think that, that Tully will will get up and win. Okay, Kai Abram are playing Stanhope, the local derby. They always have a good encounter, no matter where they are in the ladder. History will show you that. I think Kai probably surprised me a little bit last week, getting so close to Park on the um, carpet. Greg Schilling, that's a fantastic performance, I believe, and um, against a quality skipper in Paul Warren. He was in, finished about sixth in the skipper of the year last year from memory, Paul. He had a great season. He'd be able to tell you exactly where he... Oh, well, most, yeah, he would. Probably good on him. No, um, he's, he had a very good season. Um, he'll be keen to bounce back in his match. I think Kai, at home, mm-hmm. will get the, I'll get it done 14-4, but... I've under underrated Stanhope, no doubt about it. They've got Shane Walsh, and I I like um, Robinson. I reckon he's a yep. good skipper. Yeah, yeah. Brad yep. Robinson, underrated bowler. Yep, game of the round this one for mine, and yep. um, I, I echo what you say about Stanhope. They're doing a very similar thing to what Lee's building at Tatura Hilltop with just that good mix of younger and more experienced. You mentioned Brad Robinson, who hasn't been in the skipping cape along, relatively young. Um, they've got the likes of Ben Fletcher, even ones in their lower grades like um, Georgia Ponton, uh, Rob's, Rob Ponton's daughter. Uh, Jamie Stokes is playing third as well. So they're giving opportunities to those younger guys and really building a side around it. Um, around a few of those younger players with the likes of Shane Walsh still in there, Ronnie Lucas still leading, John Patterson still leading. So they do have a good, really good mix there, and I think they can really push Kai Abram on the weekend. But I'm, uh, after Kai's performance on the carpet last week, I think back at home, um, I think Dane Gade will get his first win for his new club, uh, 14-4 by less than 10. Yeah, well, according to Dave Hardy, who played against Gady, he very said impressed. he was very impressed with him. Yeah, I, uh, very impressed. I spoke to Dane today, and what I found very refreshing was that uh, Kai Abram hasn't thrown the uh, the baby out with the bathwater after a round one loss, and they're going in unchanged to round two. Uh, as Dane said, uh, you know, lots of new players, lots of new combinations, and there's no point chopping and changing uh, You know, after a, a tight round one loss mm. against a side that was playing on a surface that it, it very much likes to play on. Um, Dane did have the uh, a draw, an overall draw on the big board uh, in his hand on the last bowl of the game, and he said he was uh, 
quite uh, unhappy to have chased it and uh, to see it just just slide down and mm. miss. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll be very, very uh, hard to beat on their home surface. He said it has been a bit sticky in the preseason, but a bit of hot weather the last week or so, and uh, he got all reports that it was very, very quick, well, two, almost two seconds quicker than, than when he last rolled on it uh, for round one. So I think although a, a quick grass gain will suit Stan Hope, uh, I think Kyle will get it done. 14-4 and uh, single-figure shots, uh, as you said, Ash. Yeah, I, I certainly uh, like Kai from uh, only two years ago, when, but always very, very hard to beat over there on the home turf. And, uh, yeah, Greg Schilling, mate, is, is one of the best bowlers and skippers that are going around. I, I know I played him and, yeah, I couldn't believe it, how he could draw and draw and draw all day and still get inside you. But, yeah, Kai Kai at home, I think, yeah, probably will get... Yeah, Stanhope will get two shots. I don't look the skippers, but I did have a quick look. I think they'll get uh, two of those rinks, but in the end, probably ten shots in the aggregate. Yeah, well, you look at Kai, you know, and they've got Schilling as well, you know, champion as we know. Glenn Fields, Rob George and Dane Gay, yep. very good top end, you know, like, and they're as good as the, the, the so-called premiership contenders that we would have, you know, the tallies and the um, golfs and the tat hilltops. So, you know, they've got that quality there, and if they can all put it together, they're capable of beating anyone on their day, I think. Yeah, their sides don't look too bad on paper. They've got the experience. Mm. Um, apparently a few of their players didn't play well in that rink. Like, Hoggy didn't play well. and uh, Calvin Hubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, Calvin yep. Hubble, Hoggy, yep. in other words, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he's a pretty steady bowler, but he had a, he, he just couldn't um, get the, the new carpet, and I'm sure he'll bounce back. Um, so, we'll just quickly touch on Division 2, time permitting. Um, we're running out of time. Um, I'll just... Marupna Bowls, Marupna Bowls Club play uh, Rushworth at Marupna. I'm going to go for Rushworth. Yeah, I think this is a pretty even matchup. This one, um, yes. But both sides are sort of um, probably struggling a little bit for depth. This is their both their top sides, so I think this one could go either way. I'll um, I'll go for Marupna at home. Marupna at home for me, the uh, the home factor. Yeah, I'll go Marutna Golf. They were they were good midweek, so they should take no, that form forward. Marutna, mate. This is, this is the other Marutna. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just just playing Marutna. Yeah, sorry. It's <laughs> sorry. a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to go for Marutna? Yep. yep. Right, uh, Rushy, I think Gene Sprague might get him over the line. Um, Darren Kelly had a good win last week. Danny Rink, um, and he went fairly well on the singles. Well done, Darren. Tad Hill top play Shepherd and Park. Shep Park had a good win last week, but I... When you hear all the players that are playing mm. in their twos that played ones last year, it's Hilltop at home on their grass. I presume it's at Hilltop. It could be at Tatura. Oh, irrespective, Hilltop. Hilltop, yeah. irrespective, Tatura, Hilltop, a win. Yeah, we've got our work cut out for us, uh, certainly Sorry, on Ash. yeah on, on Hilltop's green. Um, we'll really have to knuckle down and adjust to the, the quicker grass green than we're probably used to at home. So... Um, I'm, I'm confident after last week we can continue our momentum, but um, Peter Lasur in, in Division 2, he'll, he'll always be a tough one to handle. So um, I think it'll come right down to the wire. Hopefully 14-4 our way. Bulldogs for me, uh, I think, uh, like we touched on, that that depth is is you know quite impressive across across all, all four rinks, really, in that second side. So uh, I think uh, they can get the job done. Yeah, I, I, you know, we'll go for the home side. We've got um, Bart Newman up there skipping this week and uh, Crossy's had a, a real good start of the season. So uh, I think just enough to get over you guys, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Cross had a good win last game. He's so, the, yeah. the only winning skip, I think, and they snuck over That's by right, one. That's right, he was. Yeah. That was, was yeah. That was unique. That, yeah. Um, when you win three rinks and get rolled, you're a bit unlucky, much yeah. work. But 
Anyway, um, and the final game is Ngambi host Kai Abram. I thought Ngambi's effort last week, getting within 30 of Shep Golf at Shep Golf was a creditable performance when you look at the team they had on paper. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, I can't see him beating uh, an experienced Kai Abram side, but I reckon Ngambi could win a couple of rinks. Yeah, I think um, Kai Abram might have a little bit too much firepower. Is this game at Ngambi? Yes. Yeah. That, you always tend to favour them a little bit more there. I'm, actually, I might go on upset. I reckon Nagambi 14-4. I reckon they might get a couple of big wins, and that might be enough. Well, they'd uh, be impressed with that. That'll yeah. give them a bit of incentive, mate. <laughs> the, uh, the Bombers, for me, uh, I would say, uh, I think uh, they'll just get the job done. Great to see Angel Mannikin having a go at skipping as yeah, well for Nagambi. She's an impressive bowler. She's a very good bowler. She'll learn a lot out of that experience. Certainly, and your tip yeah, there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go into Gamby on their home turf. Uh, they've got on. a new green down there, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, like you guys never gave us a chance uh, last week, so I'm going for the Gamby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Golf and East will be playing each other as well on the twos. Will we touch yeah. on them? Golf and East, I reckon yeah. Golf should win that one pretty comfortably. I reckon they're the side to beat in the twos this year. Yeah, I reckon Brian's yeah. left it off his list there, but uh, I'd say Golf as well. Uh, like you said, at the, uh, almost at the top of the show, Brian, I think, Golf uh, in Div 2 might be the only thing that saves your rower uh, yeah, yeah, th- and yeah. keeps them in Div 1. And yeah, spot on. Yep, yeah, and just before we go, I'm going to give my top five um, in the market for the skip of the year. Brian, you'll be interested in this. Um, yeah, I missed Shep. Yeah, I did miss that game. You missed that game, yeah. Um, I, next I th- savers next week. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of standouts, I think, that um, will really be ones to watch for in the skip of the year race. Um, my favourite, uh, early, fa- very, very early favourite is Denzel Cartwright, particularly with John Atwood as his third. I don't think there's a more stronger and more experienced skip third combination in the, in, in the league, and I think they'll be very hard to beat all year. I'm putting Jeff Beattie in a second. I reckon after his superb debut, he's going to be really one to watch with a bullet throughout the competition this year. Um, you can't go past, obviously, Brad Orr and David Dawes. Um, you know, obviously, in the powerhouse ship golf side, you'd expect them to win most weeks. And uh, my, my fifth favourite, uh, obviously, last week as well, uh, Greg Schilling, big win against Paul Warren, and I think he's usually pretty stiff, to um, hard to beat most weeks. So there's my top five, and uh, no doubt that'll change probably 15 times throughout the year. <laughs> I, uh, I like that top five. I, I, think I, you've, I, uh, I might reserve mine to next program, I think. <laughs> I think you've attacked it quite well uh, and uh, could, be, could be quite close. So. Mark Ryan's obviously giving everyone a game start too because he missed last week, but he's obviously being there in calculations if he starts to get on a roll. But, yeah, he's missed the first round, so he's I've got already a, two points I, behind. I might have a Smokey in mind next week. I'll kind of weigh it up, but there's a guy here who plays third for Mr. Russell, and I believe um, that could be a good that could be a good rink, a bit more, you know, a bit more experience playing together. Yeah. Gary Russell, yeah. he never lost a game, Lee, when you went to third there last time. Yeah, we That went. was incredible performance to... He won every match they played together, which is about five or six in a row, I think. No, it was, uh, he led for me when he first started. He was my leader. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we, we swapped over halfway through, and uh, we won the next eight. <laughs> eight, right. was it? There so, you go, eight. Sorry. So we're now nine because we won again the weekend playing together. So it's not I, a bad effort, is it? Yeah. I, I nicknamed him Winks for the time being. So, so I'd really put them in the top. I'll probably put him in the fifth spot. Gary Russell and I'll reserve the other four. If he's winks, are you Chris Waller just training him to the minute, or what's what's happening there? I try, it, I try and listen? keep it. I try and stop talking, but that's the hardest <laughs> thing with Gary Russell. But uh, he's going well, Gaz. Yeah, yeah, he's going well. He's certainly improved out of sight, and he's one of our oh, great skips in the he top is. Down. He's a and um, 
Yeah, his knowledge of bowls for a guy who hasn't played it that long, he's uh, he's got a very good knowledge of it, and um, yeah, he's handy for a, a bit of information from your club. I must admit, <laughs> uh, Lee, without going out outside the square. Yeah, yeah. So, he's my source, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it certainly is shaping up to be a very exciting season, uh, especially in the Alan Matheson Shield. Thank you very much for joining us, Lee. Uh, it's been great to have you on, and uh, Brian and Ash will. Uh, do this again next week and uh, thank you all for tuning in to After the Jack. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks again to Lee for giving up his time and good luck for the rest of the season. Yep, thanks guys. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton or phone 5821-1556. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.